0: Hey guys, welcome back to Merlison, a bi weekly podcast about BBC's Merlin, where we talk about the ships, the show, the characters, and the fandom. I'm Miss Snowfox. And I'm a motastic. And this week, we don't have any episode reviews. We don't have any shipping discussions or anything. We're doing a fandom-based episode, and we're talking all about conventions, past, present, and future, based around BBC's Merlin. And we know we're going to have loads of interesting memories to share. And we've got two guests to help us. We've got archaeologist Dee. Say hi.
1: Hi.
0: And we have Nath. Hello. Amazing. They're joining us from... All over the globe, we've got Nath from the UK. Where, where are you currently, Archie? Where are you based at the moment? Uh, I'm from New Jersey, USA. Amazing stuff. Yeah. So, lots, uh, yeah, and both of them have had their fair share of con experiences, so we're going to have a lot of fun stuff to talk about.
2: <laughs> Before we get into all of that, let's quickly hear some news. The Fandom Giftbox Fest runs again this year, and sign-ups are open until June the 30th. The Giftbox project is something of a prompt-based fanwork exchange. You sign up with a minimum of three fandoms and someone else gets to create anonymous gifts for you that will be revealed, or unboxed, as they say, in late September. For more rules, to read about the structure of the exchange, or to sign up, visit them on Dreamwidth. The Merlin Cannon Fest starts claiming on June the 30th. Pick a Canon Merlin episode and create a fanwork based on it. The complete list of episodes is posted to their LiveJournal, where the claiming will happen as well. Camelot Remix has started posting. All those remixes up for perusal now. Go and check it out on LiveJournal. The after Camelot Big Bang would like to remind all its writers that their drafts are due. Unless you've pre-matched with an artist, you'll need to send in a draft of a minimum of 15,000 words and your summary, or else you will not be eligible for artist claiming. Check the ACBB journal for more information. Meanwhile, Coinalot, the Merthyr Convention, would like to remind you that tickets are only on sale for another 8 weeks. The 19th of August will be the last day to buy tickets for the convention. Please check out their Tumblr for more information on the convention and how to buy tickets. And finally, the Celtic Reminders Merlin Convention set for a weekend in October in Paris is cancelled. Unfortunately, we here at Melissa didn't hear about this convention until it was already cancelled, or else we would have informed you ages ago, or discussed it, and the rest of this episode at some point.
0: Alright, and that has been it for news. Okay, so before we get into the topic this week, we're going to have some talkbacks like we usually do. And this week we have... A comment from Saturn, a.k.a. Real Life Sucks who has been a regular commenter, and we absolutely love all their comments, and they commented on our Lancelot episode. Let me just quickly read out what they said. I think it was about his hair. Definitely, um, it, yeah, about it his was. Yeah, it was. So uh, they they wrote in the Tumblr tags. Also, I can't believe none of you mentioned his weird haircut when he returns. I'm not actually sure which return they're talking about because he returns several times. <laughs> I think the first time because like the 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 difference between the
2: like Lancelot in season one and Lancelot in season two with the hair is very obvious. Like the difference between season two and then season three is not that obvious but like between season one and two it's it's pretty pretty drastic what he did
0: <laughs> i love his short hair though i just can't i don't like his long hair at all i just i'm so happy and if nice, <laughs> him with the short hair. i used to be i used to be different like i used to
2: really like his long hair and then when he got back with short hair i was like no where did your hair go it looks awful. Well, it didn't. <laughs> I didn't even think so at the back then. But it was the principle of the thing. You don't just cut off your hair. But now I have to say, I really, I really do like his short hair much
0: more than the long hair. Uh, but you know, his whole look in *Lancelot and Guinevere* when he comes back, he's all like, like rugged and like, like dangerous. And I'm just like completely here for <laughs> he, he <laughs>
2: probably he probably cut his hair out of depression like he was he was having an emo moment sitting in the shower and just emo lancelot yeah, <laughs> yeah he's emo lancelot and just cut it that's why he cut <laughs> his hair because he's sad
0: he probably had to sell his hair for food like let's just be honest
2: who it and who's wearing the the lancelot hair wig now who <laughs> got that more
0: because it's that noble <laughs> He's that noble
2: that he thought I don't deserve this. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's that's 100 what happened. Let's be real. If this were if this were modern, a you then would probably grow out his hair to like down to his butt, just so he could cut it off and donate it for like kids with cancer to to wear as a wig. Like, let's be real, that is that is definitely what modern AU Lancelot would do. Completely. And that is
0: entirely accurate. And, like, as, as soon as he had
2: it cut off, he starts growing it out again for the next
0: kid. Like, <laughs> and, and Gwen is just like, can we please have two, like, photos of us on vacation where we actually look vaguely similar from one year to the other? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because you just keep changing your look and it's really driving <laughs> me crazy. <laughs> Oh God, yeah. We we don't always get into serious philosophical. Gosh, <laughs> anyone have any comments about Lancelot's
1: hair? <laughs> yeah. I happen to. This is Art Arc D. I happen to love Lancelot's long hair. I'm a big fan of long-haired <laughs> men, so leave that as it may. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that that is basically me. I
2: do enjoy long hair on men, and and that's why I was so upset when he cut it. From season one to two, but now I'm just like, yeah, I think Santiago looks better with short hair than with the long hair. But maybe that's just because of how the the haircut on Ansel in season one looks. Like if it were cut differently, maybe I'd like it more.
0: Like, like Wayne looks good with his like longer hair. Like I mean I like I like Owen with short hair too. Like I just prefer like short messy hair. Like not like a buzz cut, just really like just short messy hair. But he does look good with the long hair as gawain but just i feel i think you're right mama i think it's the way they cut it and maybe it's the texture of his hair it just kind of looks like, a bit like a wig
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah so this is gonna be a light-hearted one this week isn't <laughs> <right>? <laughs> um so is if if everyone's commented on santiago's hair we can probably move on
2: <laughs> i i just
0: i just like in the back of my mind i just
2: there's a loop of uh, vicky going how his hair do the swish? how his hair do the swish?
1: how his hair do the swish?
2: <laughs> i know <laughs> <laughs> which is like what i think about every time i see Lancelot with long hair now so thank you thank you vicky for for that
0: uh so moving on we're going to ask our two lovely guests to introduce themselves and as we ask all our guests uh their experiences of how they got into the Merlin fandom and kind of uh, if they participate in it or if they just kind of are what we call a lurker. But I have a feeling that they're not really lurkers. So. You, you say
2: that. You say that as if you weren't a massive lurker yourself
0: i am always a lurker, and I do host a bi-weekly podcast. <laughs> bi-weekly. That,
2: that's that. fair. That's fair.
0: <laughs> I just don't write anymore because I just read better fix, and I'm like, I just feel inadequate.
1: <laughs> so uh,
0: so go ahead, guys. Uh, Arch D, do you want to go first and just introduce yourself and your place in the Merlin fandom?
1: Okay. Uh, well, let me first uh, say that I've been in fan- different fandoms for most of my life. I was in the Star Trek fandom in the 1970s. I was in Star Wars fandom in the 1970s to 2005s. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, I've been in it a long time. And I also uh, write and did cosplay in Star Wars fandom. Uh, and now um, I'm, in, I'm still in love with Merlin fandom. I. Um, <laughs> Found it because one of my Star Wars friends was starting to rave about this new TV show called Merlin. And, of course, being in the States, we get it maybe, what, six months to a year later. So I did what everybody else does and sneaked it on <laughs> <the> Internet. <laughs> Small bits. Um, I fell in love with Merlin on the very first episode, in the very first scene where he's looking at Camelot. I said, that's Camelot, and I'm in all the way. Aww. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've been going to... Unfortunately, we don't have Merlin Conventions here, really, because um, the actors don't like to travel, or they just go to the San Diego Comic-Con, which is insane. I'm not doing that. Um, so I, when I have been going to what I would call Merlin Conventions, they've always been in the UK, but I don't go to, like, comic cons or anything like that yeah that's fair
2: i think i think that you have to be a special kind of brave brave to to attend san diego comic con
1: (laughs) well you have to you also have to know who is in it because it sells out within five minutes of opening Mm -hmm. yeah i
2: mean you just you just buy a ticket trusting that by the time you get there there will be people there you want to see like, I, th- I think that's how most of the people who buy tickets for Comic-Con do it. They just buy their tickets because they are sure that there's going to be someone they want to see. Anyone. Like, I mean, there, there are so many people there. There's bound to be at least one person you you kind of like and want to meet once.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true.
2: Plus, probably a bunch of merchandise to buy, so.
1: I haven't been to the San Diego Comic-Con because it's insane. I went to the New York Comic-Con once and swore I'd never do it again because the <laughs> just as me. Uh I don't know how the comic cons are in the UK, but in the states they're absolutely huge.
2: Nico. Yeah. <laughs> you say something about yourself.
3: Uh okay, uh online I am known as North, which is spelled N A R L T H cuz no one can pronounce it, so I usually just spell it for people because it's a made up word. Um my actual name is Nicola, which quite a lot of people know anyway, so might as well just tell everyone. We're going to stalk you, I promise. Oh, <laughs> thanks, guys. That's true love. If you say so. <laughs> I uh I first watched Merlin when it was just on BBC One, when it first came out, because like in the UK, at least with my family, it was kind of like, oh, it's just the new BBC One show. Let's just mm-hmm. check it out. Everyone checks it out, you know, that sort of thing. So um, that's how I found the show, but I didn't really get into the fandom until about season three, um, when I started reading fanfic on (laughs) fanfic.net. In fandom, I write, but I haven't really for a little while because I've been busy with real life stuff like work and moving house and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I'm sure everyone can relate. (laughs) Cool. Uh, And you cosplay as well, right? Yes, yeah, although I haven't made any new ones for a while again cuz
2: real <laughs> life is so busy. Ah. Yeah, tell me about it. If only we could get paid for being fans. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that would be the like the dream. I actually um did apply for a for a job for the people that uh, run mcm comic-con for one of their marketing people but they're based in brighton so it's one of it's like i didn't think they would i was like why wouldn't they be based in london that's so bizarre i was like can you imagine like working for comic-con and just like being paid to talk about pop culture that's just like mm-hmm. amazing. <laughs> it's the yeah. dream
2: also can i just say how nice it is to have like or rather different it is to have two people on the podcast as guests who didn't get into the show because they saw gifs on tumblr of the end and thought oh everybody's crying i gotta see this Uh... people get into the fandom like that what yeah like every like basically every other guest or almost every other guest on this podcast so far when we asked them the same questions we asked you they were like oh yeah i saw I saw Phantom explode after the last episode. And then I thought, oh, cool. I want to watch this now. (laughs) I won't get hurt. Yeah, I won't get hurt. I know know. how it ends. Oh, (laughs) no. Of of course, all of them got hurt.
0: (laughs) I I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast yet already. If I have, then I'm sure Momo can just get rid of this. But I have a friend uh, from real life. I did my master's with her, but she's like pretty media savvy and stuff so she knows like what fandom is and stuff and she's heard me talk about Merlin in the past like I've mentioned obviously because I had to take a few days off from uni to go to coin a lot and stuff and stressing out because I had a project due in <laughs> and everything mm. and um she came around my house uh the other day mm. and we were just kind of like watching a lot of stuff we were watching some glee we were watching some bits and then I just kind of said to her oh um shall I put the first episode of Merlin on seeing as you've never seen it, you know, just to kind of test the waters. I said, look, bear in mind, it's like 2008. It's, you know, it's going to be cheesy. It's not like what they're making these days. It's not, you know, good, like, but it's really fun. Like you'll really like it. And so, um, she was busy. The volume was on low because we were in the house and so we couldn't have it really loud. And I didn't think she was paying much attention. And then it finished and I was like, okay, well that's that. And then, she was like, oh, um, can you put the next one on? I was like, oh, this is fun. And I was telling her all these exciting things, like, because she knows about Murtha She was like, oh, do they get together in the end? I was like, no, sorry. It's just like a fandom thing. And then um, halfway through Valiant, she goes to me, oh, so um, when does Arthur find out about Merlin's magic? <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I just looked at her with this kind of, you know how, like, when you have to give really bad news to someone, <laughs> and I just went, like, oh, you poor thing. I said, well... Season five, episode thirty, <laughs> which is the last episode of the show, and she looked like she wanted to throw up. And I was like, because she kind of knew a little bit about Arthur and Legend. She was like, "Does what happens in Arthur and Legend happen to Arthur at the end of this show?" And I was just like, "I mean, God, I wish I could tell you no." <laughs> and then she was like, "Does he?" D- does he find out just before he dies? I was like, I wish I could tell you not. <laughs> <laughs> and then- I was like, I wish I could tell you that his last words to Merlin weren't thank you, but I can't. And she was just like, I don't think I can watch anymore. I was like, You have to. I got her all the way up to the poison chalice before it was two AM and she had to go home and she was like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Perfect.
0: Uh-huh. I'm trying to get her on the podcast at one point, but I don't want her to be spoiled for anything. So it's like uh. Yeah, that's the that's that's to be. I mean, she's already spoiled for the end. It can't really get much worse.
1: Oh. Um. Actually, I have a I have a similar story. Uh, I got the DVDs from England and actually bought a player so I could play them because we can't play UK stuff on American. That's that's, I, true mm. that's true yeah. dedication. That's true dedication. Well, anyway, so I so I bought the DVDs because I would get the DVDs before the show would actually come to the states, so I could. Find <laughs> what's going on, and I showed them to three of my science fiction friends and. I figured, you know, they would poo-poo and like, oh, whatever. They got to the end of the first episode. Let's watch the next, one. And, the next <laughs> one. and they were there for like four episodes before I kicked them out. So <laughs> just sucks you in. It really yeah. does. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, though, because we've talked about this with, with all our episode reviews. I think The Dragon's Call is such a good episode to like get you invested. But in my personal opinion, Valiant is just like an immediate skip. For me like i never sit down to watch it i think it's incredibly boring and so i'm like every time i introduce merlin to like someone to merlin for the first time i'm like oh i'm really scared they're gonna like get bored with valiant and not want to watch the rest because i'm like mark of Nimue is so good poison chalice is so good just get past this second episode and you'll be set
2: let's actually start talking about some conventions you already uh got into it a little bit archaeologisty uh, we wanna first. We wanna talk about what conventions or fan, e- fan events there used to be when the show was still airing. And I mean, I didn't really start watching it until season two was airing. And even then, I wasn't like I was watching it, but I wasn't really involved in fandom in any way. And I didn't really pay attention to this kind of thing. the The only connection I have is. A friend I used to have back then (laughs) who went to Pierrefonds at one point during, I think, filming of season three, I want to say. So, you guys, what what kind of events or convention stuff was there back then?
0: So many good things. (laughs) So many good things. (laughs) BFI, you've got written down here, which was so good. And I only found out about BFI so funny through the Merlin commentaries <laughs> because I didn't even, I like, was so poorly advertised in a way. I was like, what is this thing that they keep talking about in the curse of Cornelia Segan commentary, Bradley and Colin like, Oh, Oh, when we screened this episode, it was like this. And I was like, the, what are they talking about? I need to see what this is all about. And then figured out what, what it was and how you could get your hands on tickets, which was you had to become a member, like a, a BFI South Bank member which was 40 pounds per person and then and only then could you have access to buy four tickets per person to go and see this episode screened which was for season three then was the next one and because I was so desperate to go and see the premiere of season three I was like begging any of my friends like being like if like can we split this 40 pound piece? I was like 17 at the time so I had no money I was like I can't pay 40 pounds now I like with like a job I'd be like I don't care I need to go but I was like please can we just split the 40 pounds four ways and then like we can each have a ticket and go it'll be a really fun day and the first one that I went to was season three and it was uh they actually screened Tears of Ruth and Dragon both of them which was such a treat because we just were not expecting to see them both and um, they did a surprise signing which I don't think they did for the season two one which was just so wonderful and it was just an, an amazing day and watching the the episode with the cast in the room was fantastic and it was the first time that I The friend that I went with, she didn't believe that Merthyr existed as a thing in fandom. And then when she was confronted with a room full of Merlin fans, she was like, oh, no, it's real. And then they did one for season four as well, which apparently the reason why they couldn't show us Darkest Hour Part 2 was because the special effects for Darkest Hour Part 1 had only just been finished like two hours before they had to screen it for us. And they hadn't even had a chance to watch it through to see if there were any glitches. (laughs) So, yeah. BFI ones were definitely my favorite like to attend and everything they were just so wonderful
1: yeah unfortunately they were in England so uh, going attending the BFI would have just cost me too much money
3: yeah I didn't go to any of them I don't live in London and probably back then I was not very old so I mean Rox is 17 I think you're a year older than me so that would make me 16 and out in the countryside don't know anything about London at the time don't know anything about any of these things
0: (laughs) yeah that is true and I only found out like I said by fluke because I like being like a huge movie fan I watch commentaries I just watch a movie and then I'd watch it again if there was a commentary just because I have no life so I was like yeah I'll do that so I would watch all the episode commentaries as well and it's like what's this BFI they keep talking about I've got to find out about this and it was just Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it's doable. I'm definitely going to do it. But they also did, obviously, London Comic-Con. I don't know if you ever went that uh, to that, Nicola. They uh, did that. I, yeah. I went to some of the ones after they finished the
3: show because uh, some of the nights mostly still did some of the conventions in London yeah. and other bits of the country. Yeah. So I went to a few of them. Actually, in my first year of university, I went to uh, nine conventions all up and down England and Wales. <laughs> wow. Whoopsie daisy what like
0: (laughs) merlin based or just like in general
3: uh they do they were like general ones but where there was going to be a member or several members of the merlin cast in attendance basically
0: that's so cool nine
3: that's that's impressive (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's impressive.
3: Yeah, and I was living in Plymouth, so I was like, I'm in the middle of nowhere, and it's like four hours on the train to London, and I went to Telford, and I think that took me like six hours, so I went there for the day and then came back in the day. And I was like, I should spend 12 hours on a train. Whom did you meet at the con? Mostly it was the night, so it'd be like Owen and Alex and Tom and Rupert. They were the ones that were basically doing like all the different conventions at the time. So they definitely started to recognize me a bit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, didn't you have... Like, that is one of my favorite stories. Didn't you and Alex, like, at some point make a deal that you would show up as Mordred one time?
3: Yeah, Uh, so I think this was the second time I'd met Alex and he was like you always come dressed as Merlin and then he was joking about how I should come dressed as Gaius or something and I was like that's not very nice and then he was like okay I'll strike a deal with you you should come dressed as Mordred and I was like okay in the photo shoot I'm gonna make him wear my uh, ceremonial hat that I had on that day oh yeah in the photo shoot in exchange for the next time I saw him I would be dressed up as Mordred That was amazing <laughs>
2: And then, and then you actually went dressed as Mordred?
3: Yes, I hand sewed the fluffy black coat because I didn't have my sewing machine with me at university. So I sewed that by hand and then took that with me next time. I hope he was suitably impressed by that. He was very shocked.
0: <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I think oh. there were several swear words used. <laughs> that's amazing (laughs) that's the one thing i wish we could have in merlin is swear words because i'm just like i don't believe that these like adult men just walk around with like you know (laughs) that get like physically injured on a regular basis and they don't like have any kind of like you know way of expressing that pain it's just yeah
1: Mm -hmm. i mean they should have brought some uh, anglo-saxon swear words yes (laughs) i would have (laughs) <laughs> so um, what kind of, because
0: you, you mentioned mini Merlin, right, um, yes. Archie? Because I remember finding out about that on Twitter, because like, I followed some American Merlin fans, but um, I have no idea what that was actually like. So what was the convention like?
1: Okay, well, it was uh, completely fan-based. There were no actors there. Um, they took, it took place in Philadelphia because a lot of people, it was from all over the country, so a lot of people, it was fairly easy to get to Philadelphia. You could fly there fairly cheaply. We stayed at a hotel. Uh, we didn't arrange for a separate room, so everything was in, like, two big bedrooms. Uh-huh. Um, there were, I'd say, 30 to 40 people there at each of the times I went. I went three times, uh, 2009, 2010, and 2011. 2011 was the last time. It was mainly uh, Raz, I uh, can't remember the last name, uh, was getting tired of running it, and I Understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, they had um, we had a video night, so people would uh, suggest videos that they wanted to see, and they would put together a loop. Uh, we did uh, fan writing during the convention, so we did like a round robin fan writing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly, we just talked about episodes and just had a really great time. It was only over a weekend, and it was just great. Um, there were a lot of people who drank a lot though Uh there was a non-alcoholic room and there was an alcoholic room so Uh (laughs) that's like
2: non-smokers and smokers only with alcohol
0: I remember that because I followed a uh, a person on Twitter, uh, what was her username? I think it was Cherry Beena or something like yeah, that. Bina. Yeah, Cherry Beena. Yeah, there. and she would post constantly about how drunk she was getting. And I was yeah. like, this is hilarious. Yeah.
1: So, and it was a lot of fun. We started about 10 o'clock in the morning. People brought things to eat so that you didn't have to go out and spend a lot of money on things. Sometimes it would be like a break where, a two or three hour break where you go out and tour the city because it is a historical city. Um, but mostly we just talked about Merlin and talked about favorite episodes and talked about favorite writers and also favorite, um, fanfic that people really loved. And I thought it was just great to be able to get together because quite frankly, I mean, in the UK, you've got a lot of, well, relatively a lot of people interested in Merlin. In the States, it's like a desert. It's like a (laughs) here is a little pocket there, and trying to get people together to talk about Merlin was really difficult.
0: Mm.
1: Um, We also did have what was called Merlin NYC, New York City, uh, where we used to meet maybe every other month as a group and just have a great time. But, of course, as fandom changed, people dropped out, so it finally just died. Aw. Yeah
0: um the there was a really really wonderful event that they um did uh in warwick castle when they opened um the dragon tower attraction and truthfully to this day i can't remember what the attraction was even though i went on it (laughs) um and i have a photo of me with the dragon but I'm not entirely sure what the attraction was. I remember going into this cave and coming out. I think it was just like, like I clearly wasn't there for the attraction. I was there because I was going to meet the cast. And um, it was just such a wonderful day. I think there were like a bunch of people that like had won prizes. Cause we won like via like a prize, just complete fluke. My friend, like, uh, like put her name down and I said well don't put your name down because if we win for Christ's sake how are we going to get to Warwick we're 17 and we don't have any money and she won and the day before she found out and she calls me up and she goes well Roxanne we gotta get to Warwick and I was like okay so it's down to me to figure it out so I'm on national express.co.uk trying to find out how I'm gonna get us up there at eight o'clock in the morning you know uh getting the coach from Canterbury and, you know, switching in Victoria, having never like been to Victoria coach station before in my life and having never gone long distance on a coach, like, okay, sorry, having gone long distance to and from Poland, but with my mother. So not really the same thing. And like just being completely terrified that this was a scam. I remember the guy that called us up, like to tell us that we'd won this thing, like uh, his name was Luke. And I got her to call him while we were at Victoria. And I was like, look, is this a scam because I was like, we're halfway to Warwick right now and this isn't funny. And he was like, no, 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 it's all good. And we were trying to figure out like where like where we were supposed to go, because it was after hours, which is why we could make it all the way from Canterbury. And yeah. Warwick Davis was there and uh, he was like meeting people. And then uh, who were the co- Katie was there? For promotion, because I saw interviews with her about it, but she actually wasn't there for any meet and greets because she walked past us while we were sitting down outside, and I nearly died. And mm-hmm. I was just like, "That's Casey McGrath and she just like walked off. So she must have gone home. But I remember, I, I think Tony and Angel were the only ones that were actually meeting and greeting people, Um and 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 Warwick Davis, and they had like the banquet hall set up like it is in Harry Potter, and we all sat on these long tables, and there was like a hog roast, and it was just so special, it was really, really nice, and we stayed overnight in Warwick, and like left the next morning, but it was really great, I wish they'd like done more stuff like that, obviously it takes a lot of planning, and you can't just have tickets available, because everyone will come to it, but it was just so, so sweet, and really, really special, but I can't think of any like, Apart from BFI, like any Merlin-specific cons, like the one that we're doing. It was just, like, MCM Expo. There was a Kapow Comic Con that then went out of business, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? They did Paris one year. We went to see them in Paris one year. But um, that was, again, just like a regular Comic Con. By the way, Archdi, to answer your question about what are English Comic Cons like, I've never been to an American one, but I remember the first Merlin con I went to there was... 2010. And it was the first time I'd ever set foot in MCM. I didn't even know, like you could still buy tickets at the door back then they were like 10 pounds. You just got like a wristband. You had to queue up for ages. But I remember being like, Oh, I didn't think we'd have to queue up this long. I think we're going to miss the panel. And it was like half an hour after the panel was meant to start or 20 minutes. And we just left the queue and I was like near tears because it was like, we'd come all this way to see the panel. And we ran into the main hall, then realized we had no idea where we were supposed to go. (laughs) Because all that was listed on the website was Merlin Panel, and I was like, well, there must be a stage somewhere because that's what it has in all the YouTube videos. <laughs> but it was obviously covered by these curtains, and I was like, where is the stage? Bumped into one of the attend, like one of the workers. I was like, please, where are they showing the Merlin Panel? And she was like, over there. Oh, don't panic, they're late. They're not here yet. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so great. But like, yeah, yeah, but like we didn't have to queue up or anything. Like we weren't at the front, but we got in just fine and it's just like now if it was a big show that was really popular I can't even imagine getting into a panel I mean uh Nico you've you've done you do MCM quite often don't you uh yeah not some of the recent ones the last one we went to is because they
3: had a humans panel on actually but uh yeah basically to get in a panel you have to either sit in the one before (laughs) <laughs> or stand at the back of the room and wait until everyone leaves the one before and then try and get a seat. But they don't really allow you to queue up outside because you become like a blockage and they just shoot you away. Well, so yeah. That, not so much of that. Yeah.
1: yeah well, it, really cool. a drag, at Dragon Con, they don't even allow you to remain in the panel room. They clear the room for each panel. Ah. Uh, so, that makes yeah. sense, well, it, actually. <laughs> does make sense but the thing is if you're queuing up for two panels back to back well they do have like a half hour between each panel it doesn't matter you're not going to get in the second panel because ah. the lines are just so long and if you go to like the exhibit area you can't even move it's not even queuing up it's standing around until somebody decides to leave wow that yeah is. it's not
3: it's not that busy In MCM, although it is very busy, but you can move and stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In fact, uh, if you want to get from one panel to another, you actually have to go outside the building and around because you can't move through the hallways. Wow. It's that crowded. Yeah. Jeez. It's not
0: quite that bad. I think if I'd have gone to an American one, I might have been grateful for what I had at MCM. But for me, coming from, like I said, doing MCM 2010, 2011, no, maybe I didn't. I... I remember one year I did October, one year I did May, I completely forget. One year I remember I went as Princess Leia in, like, a rented costume, which was quite fun. But, like, I did a few of them, and I just remember thinking none of them have been as busy as this 2013. And I blame the Big Bang Theory, because everyone saw that show and was like, oh, I'm going to go to a Comic-Con, and it just got so busy. And I was like, no, (laughs) I miss it when, like, the only way you found out about these things was through, like, some... Online community, like talking about some expo, and it was like, yay! And I mean, I'm sure it's great business for them, but it's like, I can't move. <laughs> it's yeah. so horrible. I mean, I think if you're just there, because I remember having this conversation with Vicky on Facebook, if I, saying if you're just there to meet friends and to cosplay, and like you actually sew your own cosplay, and you're just there to like be there in your costume and loiter and whatever, I'm sure you're gonna have a really great time there. But if you're there to like Ha- like if you have like an itinerary of things that you want to get done and things you want to see again, nothing like the American ones. But it's just a very stressful day. And it's um, even like I said, last time I went, didn't even want to go to a panel, just went there to be in costume and have a good geeky time. And I really l- left feeling exhausted and aching because I was just standing all day and like queuing just to move from one place to the other and it was just a real nightmare so I wish they would just I don't know because I don't know the building that well but I feel like can they not open up some extra halls or something because across the hall from the main hall was just a random one where people were just sitting down on the floor like having a break and I'm like can you not open that up for like extra
3: stuff they uh they open one up for seating and just just to sit in now right that is so yeah yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, even, even for the cosplay, at like Dragon Con, the hotels have banned cosplay inside because there's just too many people. So you have mm. to go cosplay outside. It's Atlanta, and it's August.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. So it's not. Hotlanta. Yeah, exactly. It's Hotlanta. Uh, I did want to talk about uh, Dragon Con in that uh, for three or four years, they did have a Merlin panel. It wasn't with the actors. It was with the fans. And uh, I was on the panel a couple of times. Um, I was the spoiler alert person. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to the end of the panel, and then they would say, okay, now we're going to do spoilers, and half the people left.
3: Wow. So
1: hilarious. And one time I was giving spoilers, and with each spoiler, more and more people got up and left. They kind of ran out of the room. It was. <laughs> very, very, very wow. Very <laughs> But there were there were uh, several um, very enthusiastic groups at the time when it was first uh, being shown in the States. And then like all fandoms that kind of just faded away. So there's not even a Merlin panel anymore.
0: At, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember there being a lot of interest. I mean, I think it was like commercial interest like in Merlin when it was first airing in the States. Otherwise, they wouldn't have never invited them to San Diego. I mean, that mm-hmm. now seems like such a huge deal. It's like. San Diego is where we get, like, official Marvel announcements now. <laughs> like, that's a yeah. big deal to get invited there. I, do you guys remember what hall they got given? Was it, like, a really, really special one, or was it just one of the smaller ones? I can't remember. Yeah. I don't remember either. I don't, but
1: yeah. was, I don't think it was a big one, though.
0: But, yeah, I mean, they had a really good run, I feel like, yeah. in terms of their commercial success. And I think they must... I, I think this might be part of the reason why they didn't really know what to do with us as fans in a way, because I, I, I mean, the show that came out before this was Robin Hood, which I loved, but I didn't watch it when it was out. I actually got into it when it, when it finished. And even though I'm sure there was like a bit of an active fandom and people did write fic for it, I mean... It really didn't get the kind of traction that Merlin did or the longevity. <laughs> like you mentioned yeah. it now, people are like, who? But Merlin, like, I mean, and these are all like, and this is the, the same time slot and everything. Like I said, Atlantis bombed after two seasons. And I just feel like these people probably didn't know what had hit them when like this like legion of like girls was like just obsessed with these characters. <laughs> And that's probably Mm -hmm. why they were so socially awkward around us a lot of the time when we would come to, like, conventions. Like, now, you know, you can get jobs in the entertainment industry that are geared towards, like, pop culture and fandom, and that's now a lucrative industry. Like, people make very good money off talking about movies and TV in a very invested manner. (laughs) Like, they're Mm -hmm. really, really important, which I think is so cool. But it definitely changes things for, like, fandom. I mean, just because I know in the script moment we have like current conventions that are running and just to bring coin a lot into it, you know, when, uh, when I went to my first expo, it was kind of not like hush, hush, but the only friend that I thought would be accepting of it was the one that went with me. And she really enjoyed it because she loved like Blade Runner and Star Wars. And like, that was her thing. And now You know, this is a very, very specific kind of con, (laughs) to say the least. And when I was at uni, I was saying to my professor, like, oh, like, I need some time off. Like, I won't be here. I'm going to this, like, event in Berlin. He was like, oh, nice. You're going to be getting up to, like, some fun stuff in Berlin. Holiday. I was like, yeah, you could say that. And then, like, (laughs) and then I tell, like, my, like, my friends, because, Three of them, I was doing this like short like short film project with, like I say short film, like three minutes short that we had to edit and shoot within like a week. And I was like, right, guys, I'm gonna be in Berlin. Um, but i promise I'll get my bit of the work done. And they were like, Oh, what are you going to oh it's oh, oh, it's like, did you ever watch Merlin? No, that's fine. It's uh it's a fan convention for that show. Okay, see ya. But it was just like I would never be able to say that like before. But now it was they were just like, that's just Roxanne. She's going to some like obscure fan convention. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Makes sense, I suppose. Um mm-hmm. but shall we talk? I mean, do you want to talk about because it's the only Merlin con that you've been to isn't it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's also one of the very few cons I've ever
2: been to which is why I've been so quiet all this time um I mean I don't really know what what to say because all of it would feel like um like patting myself on the back a little bit um for anyone who hasn't heard about it yet, which if you've been listening to this podcast, I can't imagine, but whatever. Coin Lot is a fan convention specifically for Merthyr fans, like it's a so-called OTP convention, which is a thing I didn't even know existed until um, on who came up with the idea for, for this convention, um, mentioned them to me, but like apparently uh, Star Trek fandom has them like annually or biannually for uh, the Kirk-Spock pairing, for example. So OTP conventions are a thing, it seems, and Lord is one for Merlin and Arthur. And um, yeah, we did that for the first time in 2016. And everyone on this episode of the podcast was there. <laughs>
1: <Yay>.
2: <laughs> and we're going to do it again in September this year. And, again, everyone in this podcast is going to be there. (laughs)
0: Yay. Um, Yeah, that's going to be so much fun. I mean, because we had a Coin A Lot 2016 recap um, with Vicky, but obviously you two were also there. So do you guys want to talk about what you enjoyed and, like, maybe, like, a favorite memory or something you want to add to the discussion?
1: (laughs) I, I really loved it. I thought it was extremely well run. There was something there for pretty much everybody. Uh, if you didn't want to participate in something, which one day there was, I didn't want to participate because I wasn't feeling well. So I said, that's fine. Not a problem. Um, there was some really things to do that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the uh, talks quite a bit. Uh, everybody seemed to enjoy themselves, even the ones who were shy and kind of sitting back in the corner. Um so I would actually highly recommend it. And even if you are not particularly, if you're really shy and don't want to talk to more than one person at a time, it's still a convention that you can come to. Um, please come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's uh,
2: last time as well as this time. It's going to be like, Nothing like what you guys described of of like Comic Cons where there are like a billion people. Because for like last time we were, um, thirty people for the convention, and this time we're not selling more than um, uh, forty tickets. So it's uh, even if we sell out, which I hope we will, uh, it's still gonna be a pretty small group. It's like a, a large meetup basically rather than a convention except that you know we're gonna have we're gonna have panels we do have a schedule and and we're gonna do have like different activities and like the good thing is that everybody who wants to participate in a panel or watch a panel will have a spot like you don't have to queue up you can just show up and sit down at your table (laughs) with with the people you want to talk to and and be there for everything and and uh like our archaeologist D said, if you don't want to participate, if you need a break or anything, then you'll have space to do that. I remember that last time we had um, a panel on the bottom versus top dynamic in, in the pairing. And since this is a, uh, a topic that, of course, is pretty much about sex all the way, <laughs> uh, we had, I think, at least one person who wasn't really interested in that who uh didn't really want to get involved in this discussion at all so they they just sat back in the background and and did something else because we did have some background activities uh just to keep you occupied if you didn't want to participate in a panel and that that's perfectly fine you don't have to attend a panel if you if you don't want to but if you want to then there's definitely a spot for you to sit and Talk to us, or just sit and listen to what's going on. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun and and no pressure <laughs> at all. Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's very laid like back.
2: I mean, you you don't get to meet any of the any of the actors or people involved with the show, but you do get to meet a bunch random of fandom
1: famous people Yeah, you
2: get to meet fandom famous people like archaeology so <laughs> <intrigued.
0: laughs> like, do you remember my mom, did i know it wasn't you it was my roommates because i had these two like i'd never met them before in my life and like we were sitting in the lobby and i said to them um i do you know what i i can't remember how i found out but i was like listen guys i don't know if you've heard but i read on tumblr that brolin's keep is going to be here so i'm just like but I have no idea what she looks like, and I'm just like, and we were sitting with like opposite this girl that had like a laptop, and I was like, Look, I think she's one of us, and I was like, hey, you know, I was just kind of like, hey, how are you, and everything, like just trying to be cool, just trying to be cool, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, so like, you know, we're just here for the convention, you know, just like, just casual, and then like, you know, she and I was like, so uh what's your uh, what's your Tumblr name? And she was like, oh, it's Bronze Keeper. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, we were in the, like, in the room, and then, like, Arch D comes in and sits at, like, our table, and I was just kind of, like, chatting and everything. I was like, oh, this lady's from America. It's so cool. And then I look at her name tag, and it says, Archaeologist D, and I basically was like, can I have your autograph? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I please. Post, It was just too much, because I literally, like, remember that name so clearly because of all the all the photos that you would post, like, from from Pierfons, like I remember you from LJ and like I never would like I don't think I ever I don't think I ever read your flick but I always remembered your photos I was like oh my god I remember that <laughs> <laughs> it's just like so exciting to do that also I had not yeah yeah they're, and they're so good like the photos are incredible and, and I had no idea that like people were gonna read because I know it said that cosplay is encouraged but I just I don't know why I didn't think that people were really going to go all out because I just figured, oh, it's far away for a lot of people. And like, it's not like a, it's not like an official Comic-Con or anything. So maybe people won't really dress up. So all I did was I brought like a blue dress and like brown boots and just the red scarf. So I was like, oh, I'll just kind of go in as like an homage. And I remember showing up and then Arch D waltzes in, in her official ceremonial <laughs> robes, the servants of Camelot TM. And I was just like, what <laughs> it was so cool and then like vicky and her morgana dress i was like this is, is awesome
2: <laughs> it really it really was a lot of fun and and i hope that next time is going to be just as much fun maybe maybe even a tiny bit more but
0: let's let's not shoot for the stars just yet <laughs> <laughs> Archie, are you going to be making a return of the official ceremonial robes of the servants of camelot tm
1: I I don't know <laughs> be, because I'm going to be traveling a lot before I get there so my suitcase ah. is kind of I'm trying to figure out how to make a paper version of it. So. You, you can you can you can
2: borrow Nolf's hat since well I yeah
1: I have <laughs> Since to you win made
2: win it,
3: win, um, you made for me as well as my old uh, not as good one. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yeah. I'm just down the tra- on the train line, so I can bring stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should remind people that they don't have to cosplay Yeah,
2: you don't have to. Of, of course, you don't have to cosplay. You can just show up as you are in whatever clothes you want to wear, as long as uh, you're not indecently exposed, because then I, I worry you might get problems with the venue. But other than
0: that... <laughs> You can wear whatever so you like. Just maybe don't come a slave layer is all we're saying, Vicky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, and actually most people were not in cosplay, just to be clear. I think I can only remember maybe, like, what, maybe 10 maximum. Don't feel like it's a requirement. I'm just saying that if you enjoy looking at cosplay, um, even if you're not participating, then it will be really, really fun. So,
2: But if you do come in cosplay... There is definitely going to be a little cosplay contest, and you might just win it. So just just so you're aware. So one one more other convention I want to mention <laughs> that rhymes. Um, <laughs> uh, it is the 10 year Merlin anniversary convention, which will be held on the 8th of September. It's like literally just that that one day for a couple of hours in London, and um I will be honest, I haven't really looked much at their at their website yet because I know I can't go um but apparently this well because Merlin is going to be ten years old the show, not the character this year, <laughs> and uh there's there's people organizing this thing, and I think they're even looking into like inviting, inviting guests from like the cast or from behind the scenes to this. And they're also planning activities like a raffle and a quiz and some games.
1: And then there's the one at Pierfont too.
2: Yeah, and then, yeah, also exactly, the weekend before the Coinlot convention. So Coinlot is on the 28th, of September until the thirtieth, we all scheduled it around the anniversary of of Merlin because we figured that if someone's travelling around to to Piafond or Britain for for the actual anniversary, then they might want to or might be able to extend their holiday by a week to come join us in Canterbury for for uh so the weekend before Coneelo, there is also a big meetup in Piafond in honor of the ten-year anniversary. So that's that's the events I know of that are happening this year, and I think there's also like again probably, comic cons in the summer where maybe some of the cast might be. Is anyone anyone informed about that?
0: Well, London's uh, just
2: had theirs, so. Yeah,
3: I don't think they're scheduled for any at the moment, but uh, Rupert tom and alex just did one back in march
2: so they might do other ones while they're less busy at the moment which i find interesting that i mean that even five years after the show has finished because they actually do advertise it like when when they invite these actors the the knights they actually advertise it as merlin not any of their other projects like You know, they they actually advertise it as as this and this night from BBC's Merlin showing up at this and that convention. I'm just like, Tom has done other things, Alex has done other things, Rupert has done other things, but they're still, like, in advertisement, it's still, well, these are the guys from Merlin. And it works! People are coming to see them, because they're the guys from Merlin. It's mm. so sweet that they still do it. They always
3: love it when, like, they see fans as well. They're always really happy Aww. to just talk about <laughs> nonsense with you as well. Well, that's because you <laughs> know them all personally now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but even with people that they haven't met before, they're all just, like, really happy with the same sort of, Yeah, you
1: recognize me and you came all this way just to see me, sort of, like, mm. attitude. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I went to see uh, an ideal husband with Nathaniel Parker the other day when I was in the mm-hmm. UK, and um, I brought my autograph book so he could sign it. And Colin's name was there, and he said, "Oh, Colin was so brilliant." So I just thought Aww. that was really Aww. nice. I didn't didn't ask him to say that; he just said it.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. That's sweet. Where were um Nico? Where 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 were the boys in March? Like, what uh, what con did they attend? Do you remember? Uh, medway down near near kent i want to
3: say that your side of the country they went to.
0: they went why would they go to medway i wish i'd have known they were coming i would have totally gone to medway, medway. yeah i just
3: saw it, saw it by accident on twitter because got retweeted onto my uh timeline oh mm-hmm. look
0: there yeah oh look i'm free that weekend Whoops. <laughs> book tickets <style. laughs> now oh that's sweet though yeah oh i love because i know that they go to wales comic-con quite a lot right uh they've been to um that one once well last
3: year they went last year yeah people like the staff at there are like oh they come everywhere and i'm like yeah no no owen went one year and then the other guys went last year and then they haven't actually gone other years although they like to claim that they come every year to try and rope you into going and booking tickets before they've announced anyone and i'm like stop lying it's bad <laughs> oh
1: that's not
3: good <laughs> And they've done a lot of MCM ones, though. They used to be, like, the promoted guests, so you get the autograph with them for free because they were the headline promo thing even after the show finished, which was kind of cool. That's so sweet. Yeah, I
0: love that Alex is now part of the, like, because, like I've said many times on this podcast, I find it really hard to associate Season 5 Mordred with, like, the character Mordred, like, as I think of him from the first few seasons, because he's just so different and he's actually, like, nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's so and adorable. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and, like, I just always think of him as just another one of the knights, not Mordred, even though I know they're the same character. And so I'm always like, oh, yeah, but I love Alex. He is just, like, every, like any con I've seen him in on, like, the internet, he just always looks so happy and really excited that people like want to ask him questions and stuff. Yeah.
2: I remember that last year during Wales Comic Con, uh my friend Sarah, who lives in the same city as me, uh, she went to to the convention to meet uh Rupert, Tom and Alex. And she was incredibly subtle when one day while she was there asked me, so out of the three knights who are here, which one is your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, definitely Mordred, Well, I Alex, and then uh, she was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and like uh, a couple of days later, when she got uh, back to Germany, we we met up, and then she produces this sign autocr to sign photograph of him. And I was like, well, you said he's your ah. favorite. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I got one, oh, so, <laughs> so I did. I didn't get to meet him personally, but I do have a signed photo. Of Mordred in his in his night gear and yeah, like I said, she was incredibly stealthy about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, that that's my that's my memory of Wales Comic Con last year. <laughs> I'm like Bradley, I didn't go to
0: Comic Con, but I still got something out of it. <laughs> there you go. Um. So, shall we talk about kind of conventions surrounding Merlin or just I guess the Merlin topic in general that we might want to see in the future I mean obviously it's nice to see that people are still making cons even though the show is going to be 10 years old this year I can't believe it and um like so we've had coin a lot which is obviously very recent and long after the show has ended do you guys like if you could think up like your dream Merlin convention like what would you what would you have
3: Uh, obviously like all of the actors, like
0: Bradley and Colin and Katie and Angel,
1: <laughs> yeah, and Richard, and, yeah, oh yeah, and Tony,
0: yeah. Anthony. I'm I, surprised I, I, that they haven't done this. Like, I'm surprised that MCM hasn't got like a 10 anniversary special. Like, that's really weird that they're not doing one for October with all the all the all of them. That's so funny.
3: Yeah. Mm, I guess it's trying to get people free, and then you're at, booking an actor for a convention is actually really
2: expensive. Also, yeah. look at Colin. He just. This man has no time to do anything ever because as soon as he gets like an opening of like a couple of weeks, he starts playing theater. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just what
0: he does. He just Katie's doing Supergirl, so she's basically got no life because yeah. she's signed to an American TV show. Bradley
2: Bradley's also getting more popular these days. Like I think he's currently filming. Second season of Bounty Hunters, then he had the whole thing with Medici going on. Who knows what's next for him? Like he has been, he has been busy and more present on the screen these last couple of years as well, after kind of disappearing for a bit.
1: But you know what? I'd also like to see some of the like lesser characters and even some of the behind the scenes people, like Big J or. I really, really like to talk to Dale about I love filming and his photography yes yeah. and alice <laughs> about, yes. about directing i would love that
0: i can't think of like the ideal merlin con like i like i guess the only thing that would make coin a lot better for me is if we could get like actual <laughs> actors I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there that if we're talking about OTB conventions, Momo, I think you'll agree with me that there should be a Lancelot and Gwen OTB convention. Well, you, you, can, I, you can do that. You can host that. Absolutely. I feel like I'd be the only one in attendance, but I'd have a rave all by myself. Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't Vicky also attend? Vicky would attend so she can be her watery boy. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that my ideal Merlin convention would be be a lot like what uh rocks described like a a mix between a fan event like coin is gonna be, but also have like actual people involved with the show there for like uh question panels and just uh you know just to talk to them and and get autographs and maybe pictures or whatever um I think that would be my ideal to have all the fanish stuff. But also the, the official stuff, which is actually a convention I did attend uh, for Cabin Pressure. I don't know how many people know this uh, tiny fandom, which calls itself a fan dot. It's for a radio play that used to air on uh, Bibi Suyi Radio. F- I don't know which one, but one of them. And uh, it was written by John Finnemore and it starred. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, which is the reason why everyone knows it, <laughs> and um, Roger Allen, and Stephanie Cole, and John Finnemore himself, and also uh, Anthony Head in a guest role occasionally, and um, it's about a tiny charter airline with exactly one plane, and um, <laughs> and they did a tiny convention called Euroair. And they did it for the first time in Italy, I think, in 2014. And then the second time they did it in Berlin in 2015, which is where I met Truckeon, where we started talking about Cornelot for the first time. And that was basically a convention, like, I want to see. Like, we had all the Fanish stuff. We had fan games. Uh, We had a fanfic writing panel. We had, like, crafting sessions, quizzes. Um, like actual discussion panels, and we also had John Finnamore there as a guest because he he really enjoys interacting with people, and he showed up for one day for like a Q and A session a, and uh, taking pictures for which we didn't have to pay, and also signing for which we also didn't have to pay, and just just that was really cool because we got to talk to to him, the actual creator and writer of the show but also do all the fan stuff that we enjoy being dorky fans who like making up headcanons about characters we like.
0: I actually think I've come up with, like, I mean, it's kind of Merlin theme, but so we don't really have these in England or maybe... Nico, maybe we do, but maybe I just haven't <laughs> ever mm-hmm. seen one, but I know in the in the US, like, Renaissance fairs are quite popular. Um, yeah, we don't popular. have them here. No, I would... Doesn't Pierfon do one? Isn't
2: that where you guys, you Nico, you'd usually go with, with Vicky and Kathy?
3: Yeah, they used to do one every year, but they've moved it to every two years because uh, apparently it was getting not as popular, but yeah, that's what you, we used to go to Pierfon and
0: do that as well as just see the castle that'll be amazing like i'm thinking of a convention kind of like that where it's just a convention for like period shows so like you could have all the obscure ones there so you i mean merlin less obscure than the others but like obviously that's like finished now anyway but you could have merlin you could have robin hood you could have maybe like if you wanted to go like a bit more modern you could have downton abbey like you could have the musketeers you could have like The bourgeois, yeah. All yeah. the, like, period, all, like, Atlantis. uh And you could have all the period shows. And I just feel like that would just be amazing. All the crossover AU possibilities, all the costumes. And, I mean, this is really just an excuse for me to dress up as, like, Marion, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, You know, I mean, she only had, like, two good costumes and the others were weirdly modern, <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> Um, I wonder why that show only ran for three seasons (laughs) I loved it and I don't care Um, yeah I'm thinking that would be amazing like I've seen some of the stuff that people wear to renaissance fairs like in the states and I just feel like I would love that it could be like both outdoors and indoors and you could have like a hog roast outside it would kind of be more like and I, I am talking if it was like on an unlimited budget by the way you could have like Part indoors, part outdoors. You could have like a hog roast, and like you could have all the stuff that people usually have in, in Renaissance fairs that's set outside with like all sorts of things happening. And then you could also have like all the fandomy stuff indoors with panels and things. I think that would be so much fun. Germ-
2: Germany has Renaissance fairs. I just want to put that out there. So
0: we don't. <laughs> I'm so sad. No. Like why I mean England is like the most medieval place ever why doesn't it have renaissance <laughs> we invented the, the medieval times no, but like you know it's like literally got so much old stuff here like I live in a town where you have the oldest working Christian church in the world it's like mm. come on now that would that, that that's perfect for a renaissance there have one on the grounds of Canterbury cathedral be great advertisement <laughs> Aww. Actually, I'm
1: kind, of, I'm kind of surprised. Don't you guys have reenactments, though?
3: Yeah, they have reenactments, but they're not, like, a fair. You'd go to, like, Warwick Castle and they'd reenact a battle, but then it, all the people attending would be just there to just sit and watch.
1: Mm. Yeah, uh, they, they had
3: your You'd still wear your jeans and a hoodie and get your takeaway chips from the van behind you uh-huh. and you just sit and watch it.
0: Yeah, I went to one for Leeds Castle for my 21st birthday, because I was desperate to see a jousting match. And all it was like, it was fun, but it was just like 20 minutes of penis jokes. <laughs> <'Cause, you> know, <laughs> jousts and, you know, swords and men poking each other with things. And it was. The knights that were making the jokes, not me. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. But it was a really sunny day, and it and it made me even more like thirsty for a renaissance fair. I was like, see, I'd enjoy this a lot more if I was dressed as a medieval lady. One more
2: one more question I have about actual conventions, uh, in the Marlon fandom. How do you find them? Like, where do you where do you hear about them? Do you go specifically looking for them? Do you just check the, the Comic Con websites regularly or where where do you hear about it?
3: Uh, for me it's a combination of things like I said earlier I just saw some tweets retweeted for the uh, Medway one but uh, for the big ones there's like two main convention companies in the UK and you just go on their sites and click on their events or you follow their Twitter and they post their announcements on there and you just check back uh, sometimes uh, you can just hear by other people that are interested. They'll just be like, oh, did you hear about XYZ going to XYZ? And they am like, oh, no, thanks for that. It's just a combination of stuff and coincidence sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who is uh, who is the other main company? Not MCM. What's the other one that you're referring to in the UK? Uh,
3: Sharemasters.
0: Oh, okay. I had no idea that who they were, so I need to look them up. That would be cool. Yeah, they, they do some in
3: London and all over the place as well. And they had the nights as well, so they'll potentially go back to their ones as well because they're now, like, known attendees.
1: Now, in the States, uh, I learn about conventions mainly through – I'm a big science fiction fan, so I learn through the science fiction community. They'll be talking about conventions and so on when I go. Um, I learn about the UK events through live journal or Tumblr or you know podcasts like yours. Um, but uh, there's not a lot of crossover really. I mean, we get Doctor Who conventions a lot here because it's mm-hmm. pretty states. But Berlin, you wouldn't see anything like that. Uh, for Dragon Con, which is like I said, the big one I go to in the East Coast, we do get Dr- uh, Doctor Who people who have also been on Merlin. So I've seen Eve Miles, I've seen Jen Cosmo, and other people uh, from Merlin that were in Doctor Who. The the, uh, the main cast has not been to any Dragon That's That's the. Uh...
2: The good thing about the u k recycling their actors a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. they might they might yeah, they might do. get invited I'll for one thing and you get and to act talk act to them me. about the other thing as well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I'm,
1: hoping, I'm hoping eventually Tom Ellis goes to a Dragon con because he's doing a lot of uh, t v in the states so and I mean Bradley has been to comic con for Damien. But again, that's San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah,
2: exactly. Is... That's San Diego Comic-Con where we don't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only crazy people go or rich people go. Yeah, I, I would rich. say rich people. Yeah. Like if I were super rich where, you know, I can just, I can buy the ex- horrendously expensive ticket and then pick and choose. Like because I feel like if I, like me now, if I were to buy a ticket for San Diego Comic-Con, I would want to get the most out of it and like spend as much time there as possible just to justify the cost of the ticket and also the, the cost of traveling. But if I were horrendously rich, um, <laughs> I could just buy the ticket, fly in for an hour or two to meet the person I want to meet and then I can be gone again. <laughs> also because I'm horrendously rich, I can probably like bribe someone and get super vip treatment so i don't have to queue up or anything
0: but it makes me feel like mc uh, like san diego is just gonna end up being like mostly press one day because it's well, just like it's already like, kind of
3: elitist that if you went last year you get priority booking for the next year before anyone else goes so they're narrowing the pool of people that can actually get tickets every year by adding more press and going, you can only come if you came last time.
2: Why would you? Why would you do that to yourself, though? Like as a, as an, as a company that organizes events like that, why would you do that to yourself to limit? I mean, I know there are like billions of people attending San Diego Comic Con anyway, and a lot of them will be repeat offenders anyway. But like, why do that to yourself to limit the pool? Like. If I wanted to go, if I decided, okay, next year I'm going to go. And it would be so hard for me to buy a ticket. Why would I bother? And I I imagine a lot of people would want to go, would one day decide to go. Because now they're old enough to go. Or now they have the money to go. Or now they have an interest in in the things that that are happening at San Diego Comic Con. So they want to go. Just, why would
0: you close yourself off to new people? People like that. I don't understand. <laughs> Makes no sense. I'm, I feel like it could be because I mean, I don't exactly know how the business side of it works, but I feel like San Diego, particularly, it's becoming kind of like the Comic Con pop culture news hotspot. Like I said, you know, I think the year and I and I mean, I don't know if this was just because of that, but the year that Marvel kind of like like told everyone their lineup, like you know, kind of and did all the all that stuff, and like they tell you know pretty big important news at comic-con now and i just feel like it kind of like they're not necessarily losing anything by having casual fans not attend because they're probably making so much money on the fact that they're one of the first places that you're going to hear all this stuff like through Mm. you know online outlets and through views on youtube and like they have their own like youtube channel now so i feel like it's probably you know yeah why wouldn't i want to have press who are gonna make me more famous as opposed to a bunch of kids that are gonna be running around in capes and getting in the way like sounds really awful I wonder I wonder how
2: many of the of the guests like the the celebrity guests I wonder if any of them pay the convention to be allowed to attend (laughs) obviously not the big guys but I wonder for like smaller things like I wonder if Damien if they had to to pay the convention something so they would get a panel for Damien at at San Diego Comic-Con
1: I wouldn't be at all
2: surprised right because like Roxanne said San Diego Comic-Con is like breeding ground for for press and promotion and like to to get people interested in your product so yeah I I think they probably sell like panel spots for a horrendous amount Mm -hmm. these days
0: I mean, all it's really doing is just creating a market for event people that will just start up smaller cons and they'll make a lot of money from it. (laughs) Like, you know, I imagine, especially in the L.A. area, there's probably a lot of people that will like I mean, I don't know any of them, but I'm. I am sure that there are like small convention companies that are popping up everywhere that people mm. if they live near there will just or if they want to go to San Diego but can't, they're like, I'll go to this convention yeah. instead. I mean there are so
2: many small Comic Cons all over the globe now. Like you have your you have the MCM Comic Cons in, in Britain, we have Comic Cons in Germany in in major cities now. So yeah. It's just Comic Con has become like like a brand now and con
0: politics (laughs) just takes the enjoyment out of it honestly and the crowds and the price like i said inflation is just insane with these things how much like i'm pretty sure you can't buy a ticket at mcm anymore am i right about that nico like you have to buy in Uh, advance now
3: you can sometimes buy like the standard entry where you don't you get like half a day but you can Mm. never get like Early entry on the day, yeah. Basically,
2: well, Coinalot is entirely non-profit. Let me just throw that out there. <laughs> All the money people pay is actually paying for stuff, and we don't, we don't get to keep any for ourselves. You get the enjoyment, that's your payment. <laughs> exactly, I get the satisfaction of of giving this to the fandom. <laughs>
0: But if anyone wants to draw some fan art for us, we would <laughs> appreciate it. Listen, um, like,
2: this this fandom, I want to say this, this fandom is, like, especially the creators of this fandom are amazingly generous. Like, I have reached out to a whole lot of fan artists to help us out with uh, small things that are all going to be, like, little surprises and... and bits and bobs for, for the convention that I don't want to give away just now yet. Um, but, like, all of them, or almost all of them that I contacted have been, oh yeah, I'd love to support this, I, I'm i so excited that you're doing this, it's great that this fandom is still so active, how can I help? Like, a lot of them, I asked them for just small things that they, like, just went above and beyond to to help me make things happen for this for this convention and I didn't have to pay them anything. I literally just asked them if I if I could do this and I can't pay them. I'm sorry because where would I take the money from except my own pocket? And um I I couldn't afford that. But they were all incredibly generous and and helping out with this convention so much and it's just that's really amazing. That's something you don't I don't think you can get with like big stuff. Like I mean, of course, at at, at the bigger conventions they might have a table and you can actually buy their prints
0: and the auction that we did everyone was like so like just willing to offer so many amazing things i remember us just looking at the lots just going and going and going
2: i never like when we planned that when we planned that auction last year i never thought in a million years that we would get so many lots like so many things people could buy and i also didn't think that we would actually uh, get that much, that like, get that many donations out of it. So I was really, I was really blown away. And I keep being blown away by this fandom. It's just, it's amazing what this fandom does and, and is, like, how determined we are just to stay alive <laughs> as a fandom. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's amazing.
0: Okay. Hey, so um, if anyone has anything else to add, I think we've talked in. Very big detail about conventions, and it's been a lot of fun. I think these, these like it's nice to have like a more casual chat about stuff because you can definitely go off book a bit, and it's like cons are just make such good stories as well of like when you met certain people, and it's just really awesome.
2: That's the last thing I want to ask. Like, well, you three, all of, of you three, have been to like events where any of the cast or behind the scenes people uh, attended. Like, I'm the only one who hasn't met any of the cast yet. Uh, like, does one of you have a favorite story they want to share, or all of you?
1: I have a really, really embarrassing story. You want to hear that one? If yeah. you want to share it, oh, <laughs> we'll definitely want to hear it. it. <laughs> sure. Um, BAFTA did a, th- oh, did a thing in 2009, I think it was, for the cast. Uh, Colin, Bradley, and Katie were there as well as Julian and Johnny and uh, the guy who was doing the music. There was people from makeup. It was absolutely fabulous. I had a wonderful, wonderful time. And that's where I learned that I could actually go to Pierfone and take pictures. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, hooray for that. <laughs> well, okay, this is probably the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. I got up to Bradley. And asked him for his autograph. He's very generous with the autograph. And I said, he asked where I was from. I said I was from New Jersey. He said, Oh, I'm gonna be in New Jersey in November. Where do you live? And I said, In a house. <laughs> <laughs> in a house. And the oh, thing thing he was said, Is it a nice house? <laughs> uh, and I said, Yeah, it's great. You could come and visit. <laughs> oh, was, oh gosh and then of course my mouth went on for a while and my brain finally caught up to my mouth and i i turned a beet red and i said thank you and
3: uh, oh bless
1: and yeah, <laughs> I, sent, I sent him a, an apology later i sent him a mail letter saying i'm so sorry <laughs>
0: It's really not the worst thing you could have ever said. I think it's a very like him being British. He's used to people. Like you know, if he's asking where you live, probably anyone would feel obligated to offer like hosting <laughs> because it's like, well, why would you be asking? Otherwise? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember
2: you telling the story at like one night at Coinalad, and I just I, I already loved it then. I still love the story. <laughs> I was hope I was
1: hoping you would tell it. I just didn't want to ask for it. God, uh, I, th- I think though Bradley was having fun with me because he kept drawing me out. I would totally,
2: I can totally believe that. Like that is one hundred percent what I would expect of Bradley to do. Like once, like once someone just uh was that like did something like that, he would be like, yeah, I remember you. I'm
1: gonna,
2: I'm gonna torture you a little bit.
1: <laughs> Mm-hmm. and and the thing is I was with my friend Charlene who was talking to Colin and Colin said to Charlene do you know this woman uh, <laughs> So yeah mm-hmm. he oh ended on that god one. salty it's <laughs> hilarious
0: I didn't think he had it in him <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah. Ma- Mama, um, I'm sure you can imagine that Every interaction I've had with the Merlin cast has been very embarrassing. (laughs) But my first time meeting Colin was my first time meeting anyone famous, like that I really loved a lot. And I was 17. It was at the BFI screening for season three. And I didn't know I was going to meet them. Like it wasn't in the plan. And then I just saw this desk and I was like, I think that's where they could sit. Oh no. And it was just like, we had to get prepared. And then they were all out there. Bradley made a big entrance later, of course. So he wasn't actually at the desk, like with everyone else, but they all came down, Colin, Katie, Angel, uh, Richard, and Anthony. And they sat in order. So they had Richard, then Anthony, then Colin, then Katie, then Angel. And, um, so I had to go through Richard and Anthony first and I was so nervous. Like and I loved them both, but obviously like Colin was my favourite ever. So we were really near the front of the queue and I think we were one of the first like the first people to go up and I was so nervous. And I could obviously like it was a really casual setup. Like they were just kind of walking down these stairs and I was just hyperventilating so much. And like there's footage of all of this, by the way, on the <laughs> internet. On the internet. <laughs> and like just me like so young and so scared to meet these people. And then I go down the line and Rich is really sweet. And, and then I go to Anthony and I say, oh, 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 it's Roxanne. And he's like, Roxanne. And I'm like, yeah,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> like, but I was like, oh my God, he's, he like did the thing. And then he was sat next to Colin, who obviously probably heard like my name, because obviously it was right next to him. And then I slide across to Colin and like, he he says hey how are you and I was like and the first thing that came out of my mouth was great now that I've seen you (laughs) oh (laughs) so so little and then he goes oh thank you and then he goes Roxanne and I was just like yes (laughs) I was so excited and then Katie was amazing Colin is definitely like the most shout out of all of them katie is really good at interacting with fans i just turned into mush any single time i met any of them it was yeah i just but i haven't met them for years and years and i was still like a teenager or like very late teen so i was still like oh they're famous (laughs) have you had any funny stories nico uh probably the alex one is
3: my favorite one i already said earlier but uh actually at, at medway recently um Alex was, it was Alex, it's always Alex, he's he's terrible, to be honest, Um, I was on the other side of, like, the hall, but within, like, visual range of where Alex and the others were sitting, and I was just talking with uh Vicky and Kathy, and suddenly I just hear Alex shouting my name, because he knows my name at this point, I turn around, and he throws this apple at me across this hall, he's like, catch, and I'm like, what, and I obviously don't catch it, because... I'm just like, what? What are you doing? It lands on the floor, and he's like shouting at me. Now you have to eat it, and I'm like, what? a <laughs> smashed apple on the floor, and I'm just, I take it back to him, put it on the table, and go, um,
1: thanks. <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? I love, I love that Alex knows you, knows your name at
2: this point, and just randomly throws apples. <laughs> that is the thing that
0: fan fictions are made of <laughs> it's hilarious it make that just makes me love him even more i think that's yeah. absolutely hilarious i didn't really know what to say i'm just like i'm not gonna eat it it's smashed <laughs> You should have thrown it back. That's what I would have done. I'd oh, be like, hey, catch this. I, I did mind
3: throwing it back, but I didn't. I just walked back with it in the end. I was
2: like, oh my <laughs> god, what the heck are you doing? Imagine imagine throwing it back and then just hitting him in, like, in the face and then he gets a black eye and then he has to go home to his girlfriend and just explain why he's got a black eye now.
3: <laughs> oh, that would be funny. He is terrible, though. He, is, he just will not shut up. He'll just go on and on and on. You don't have to say anything. He'll just carry on a million miles an hour. And
2: you're he'll like, okay, cool. I'm just going to listen to you now. I want to put him and Rox together in
0: a room and see who can out-talk the other one. <laughs> listen, I am proficient. <laughs> I would be able to talk him under a table. <laughs> I would pay to see that. Right? That's going to
2: be the next Merlin convention. We're gonna invite Alex yes! and put him <laughs> at a table across from Roxanne and give them like just a starting point and then see who talks more than the other. Who gives up first. Give us a topic that we both feel passionately about and that's that. <laughs> and with that rousing image in our minds. I think we've reached the point where we need to end this episode because we clearly cannot top this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander Blahos, if you ever listen to this podcast, which I hope you never will, but if you do, please get in touch with us so we can make this happen. <laughs> Come to Koinala. <Queen> <laughs> Come to Nicola will be there. You can throw apples at her. <laughs>
3: apples.
2: Aww, don't, don't abuse me. But there will be many off-the-cost players he can stab, so
0: that's, that's that should be fun. <laughs> <All> shots fired! <laughs> I say sword stabbing because Mordred is a traitor. We love Alex, though. I love Mordred, so... <laughs> I know you do.
2: <laughs> but yeah, a, a huge part of loving Mordred is liking Alex a lot, so... Anyway! Next time, we are going to do another episode review. We're going to talk about the beginning of the end which brings us back to Mordred ah uh, how fitting and i think that that is it for this week thank you so much to our guests archaeologists d and nawf for coming on this show with us it has been great talking to you hearing your experiences with conventions that i never had
1: oh, <laughs> thanks,
2: <laughs> i can now imagine that i was there <laughs> And I think we will be back in two weeks with the new episode, and thank you as ever for listening. I have been Momotastic And I'm a snow fox. And our lovely guests were Archaeologist Dee. Hi! And Nol. Bye! Bye, guys! <laughs> Bye! Bye! <laughs>